New Vision is a church that places high value on Scripture. The Bible is made up of 66 books, and in this next portion, we're going to be going through a few of those books as a church family. We hope this tool encourages you and equips you to lead your life well. Thank you for joining us today. Hello, folks. Thanks for tuning in to New Vision's daily podcast. We're currently working our way through the book of Proverbs. The title for this book in the Hebrew Bible is actually the Proverbs of Solomon. In this short 31-chapter book, King Solomon, who's often referred to as the smartest man who ever lived, he shares a 513 simple, straightforward, God-informed statements that just bring wisdom to our ears. The Proverbs teach practical and fundamental realities about life. That is what Proverbs are. They're, they're wisdom sayings about life. They're, they're often short and pithy. In fact, our English word proverb is made up of two Latin words, pro, which means instead of, and verbo, which means words. So a proverb is a sentence that is given instead of many words. It's a short statement that summarizes a, a wisdom principle. In our culture, we actually use a lot of these short, pithy statements, and often we aren't even aware that they were spoken long ago by King Solomon in the Proverbs. Statements like, you can't play with fire without getting burnt. Well, that's in today's reading, actually. Uh, Can a man carry fire next to his chest and his clothes not be burned? Or can one walk on hot coals and his feet not be scorched? So, really, there's nothing new under the sun. See, that's another proverb. Solomon spoke that in Ecclesiastes 1.9. Well, we do good to memorize these sayings, but greater than memorizing them, we do well to live them. We need to bind them on our hearts. There you go. That's another proverb. Today, we're on the second half of Proverbs 6. Yesterday, we were warned against financial irresponsibility, laziness, and causing division. But today, we turn to a theme repeated in the Proverbs several times, and it is that of sexual sin, specifically giving in to the destructive and foolish sin of adultery. So I'm going to be reading from the ESV version of the Bible, and uh, if you'd uh, either turn there with me or just follow along as I read, We're in Proverbs chapter 6, and we're going to begin in verse 20 and read through the end of that chapter. My son, keep your father's commandment, and forsake not your mother's teaching. Bind them on your heart always, tie them around your neck. When you walk, they will lead you, and when you lie down, they will watch over you. And when you awake, they will talk with you. For the commandment is a lamp, and the teaching a light. And the reproofs of discipline are the way of life, to preserve you from the evil woman, from the smooth tongue of the adulteress. Do not desire her beauty in your heart, and do not let her capture you with her eyelashes. For the price of a prostitute is only a loaf of bread, but a married woman hunts down a precious life. Can a man carry fire next to his chest and his clothes not be burned? Or can one walk on hot coals and his feet not be scorched? So is he who goes into his neighbor's wife. None who touches her will go unpunished. 
People do not despise a thief if he steals to satisfy his appetite when he is hungry. But if he is caught, he will pay sevenfold. He will give all the goods of his house. He who commits adultery lacks sense. He who does it destroys himself. He will get wounds and dishonor, and his disgrace will not be wiped away. For jealousy makes a man furious, and he will not spare when he takes revenge. He will accept no compensation. He will refuse, though you multiply gifts. So King Solomon issues this warning to his son and to us about adultery. The effects of adultery on the individual, on families, on children, and the witness of the Christian community is unmistakable. And yes, sadly, research indicates that Christians commit adultery at about the same level as non-Christians. Well, the question is why? Why do Christians commit adultery? Well, we think adultery comes from a troubled marriage. And yes, to some uh, degree, I would agree. Because truth is, every marriage is troubled. We are broken people living in a broken world. And when we get married, we marry another broken person. Marriage uh, is, in fact, the union of two perfectly capable sinners. And therefore, every marriage will have times that could serve as occasions for stepping outside of the marriage. Uh, Each and every marriage has these moments of poor communication, of conflict, of prideful selfishness. Uh, There really are no perfect marriages. And yet, as a counselor, I have often looked at a husband and a wife and said, I need you to understand your adultery was not born out of an imperfect marriage. Ultimately, your betrayal is a heart issue. And while we could point to many little foxes that ultimately spoil the vine, we must understand that adultery is a heart issue. In fact, that is what Jesus said in Matthew 15, 19. He said, For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. And Jesus confirms in in Matthew 5, 28, he says, But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And so King Solomon warns here, uh, the warning really begins in verse 24 and 25, where he states, he says, To preserve you from the evil woman, from the smooth tongue of the adulteress, do not desire her beauty in your heart. The reason it's important for me to get the counselee to understand that adultery is ultimately a heart issue is because he or she often believes that it is born out of circumstances. Well, what happens when those circumstances don't change or even if they return? Now, the good news is, if it is a heart issue, and it is, then there's hope because changing the heart is exactly what God loves to do. God is in the heart business. Heart renewal is what he does. In fact, he says to the repentant, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Well, 
how do we keep a healthy heart? You know, I don't want to oversimplify this plan, but I don't want to overcomplicate it either. Three quick ways to guard your heart against this or any other sin. First, we stay connected to God in prayer. We talk to God. We tell him our struggles. We ask for his help. We confess our sins, and he's faithful to bring help in our time of need. Second, we stay connected to God's word. That's what it says there. It says, my son, keep your father's commandment and forsake not your mother's teaching. Bind them on your heart always. Tie them around your neck. When you walk, they will lead you. When you lie down, they will watch over you. And when you awake, they will talk with you. And so uh, Psalm 119.11 says, Thy word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. So let's stay connected to God's word as a way to overcome temptation towards sin. And then finally, uh, number three, let's stay connected to God's people. And I know you might be saying, man, that's all they talk about over there at New Vision. Get in a small group, get connected, gather with these uh, small groups and get together with the uh, people of God. Um, I know we do talk about small groups a lot. And listen, here's why. It's not impossible to commit adultery or any other sin while being connected to a small group or a men's group or a ladies group. But I would suggest if you're engaged with a group of God's people who are gathering in fellowship in a Christ-centered, accountable, and discipling community, well, it's going to be a little harder to sin in that context. And so God didn't design any of us to live in isolation. And we should be connected to other believers. So how to keep your heart healthy? Go to God in prayer, go to God's word, and seek out God's people. And that's a good prescription to keep a healthy heart. Well, listen, thanks for tuning in. I want to encourage you to tune in tomorrow, where in chapter 7, King Solomon continues to bring more wisdom for living. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you tomorrow as we hop back into God's word.